Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everybody. My name is Mike Cleveland and I'm here with Eric Hurt today. And Eric, are you excited to be uh, doing a podcast today and focusing on the cross with me? You know, I really am, Mike. Uh, it's so good to be together again to do these podcasts. It's just a joy to look at the cross and see all that happened there, brother. It is. It's, it's exciting. You know, the, this is the best news that the world has ever heard. And it is something that will uh, set anyone free who's been in bondage for any length of time. It will free them from guilt and shame. It will break the power of sin. It's just an amazing message, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it just seems like a simple message. And it is. And we look there by faith, brother, and, you know, it, it gives us life. Uh, it pulls us out of our despair and our pit and our darkness. It is, like you said, the greatest news. Uh, it is so powerful and just incredible to experience uh, the power of this and the wonder of the cross. Yes, you know, if you... We're going to be looking at Zechariah chapter 9 today, but if you, I just was thinking as you were talking, Eric, about Galatians chapter 3, and you know, the message of the cross there is connected with the miraculous working power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so we know that when we use this message that God has given us, that it is accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're excited to be able to focus on this message, knowing that uh, possibly somebody is here listening to us today and they need the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I should remember, a, you know, I, in fact, you know, today, you and I today, Eric, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We, it's not just for setting us free, but it's for living this life that we have. And so what we're focusing on today is going to bring the power of the Spirit into our lives as well as those who listen, right? Amen. Yes. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And like you said, in Galatians 3, uh, you know, they heard the word before, but they needed Mike to hear it again. They need to to see Jesus Christ lifted up on the cross uh, to continue on in the power of the Spirit, uh, you know, and so that's what we're doing today as well. Amen. Well, let's begin, and we're going to read in Zechariah 9, just a very quick background. The Israelite nation is being oppressed by all the surrounding nations. Uh, They are at war. They have uh, been taken captive to Babylon. They are uh, being oppressed uh, by the surrounding nations. And God, in the book of Zechariah, is going to give them good news And so we're going to start with uh, chapter 9, verse 9. And Eric, you want to read that? Sure. And just with that background, it's just so amazing how it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, 
humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on a foal of a donkey. Mike, this is the good news that we were just talking about. And the Lord is saying, rejoice greatly. Shout aloud. Your king is coming. He's righteous and he has salvation. And he's coming humbly, mounted on a donkey. Mike, this is certainly good news, isn't it? It is good news. And especially if you look at the people in that day when they were being so severely oppressed by all these nations, what was the solution? Um, God was going to send a king. Uh, God, that was their answer. And Eric, it's your answer and my answer. It's the answer to anyone who's listening. Your king comes to you. Uh, and, and look at what he's riding on, Eric. He's not riding on a white horse accompanied by armies. And he's riding on a donkey. And this passage tells us that indicates his humility. Uh, he's coming on a donkey, which is merely a beast of burden. It's not a war horse. Uh, it's, it's a humble. It's just, it's just a beast that carries a burden. And after all, Eric, isn't that what Jesus himself came to do? Yeah, you know, and what I think about too, Mike, he did come to do that. He came to lift our burdens. And, you know, this isn't the way that we would have thought of it, right? We wouldn't have thought of the king coming humbly mounted on a donkey. As you said, we wanted, you know, we would expect to see uh, him riding in with an army. And, but that's not the way God has designed it. That wasn't his design before the foundation of the world. This was his um, thoughts. Uh, this is what uh, that he came up with before the foundation of the world, that the king would come with all humility, brother, and he would be coming riding on a donkey by himself. Yes, and he came, as you said, to carry our burdens. Um, <clears throat> if you look at Jesus going up the hill of Calvary, he can hardly put one foot in front of the other uh, as he's carrying the weight of the sins of the world on his back. Eric, he's carrying your burden, brother. He's carrying my burden. He's, he's walking up that hill loaded down with guilt, loaded down with sin. He, he can hardly move because he, in a sense, has become a beast of burden, carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders and, and so how appropriate and how fitting that he came initially riding in on a donkey, um, indicating his humility, indicating that he himself would be carrying the sins of the world upon his own shoulders uh, as he would climb up the hill of Calvary. Now, verse 10 says, I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. Eric, the very first thing <clears throat> excuse me, that it says about Christ, as far as what he would accomplish, is that he would bring peace. Mm. Uh, he would remove the, the battle chariots and the war horses, and he would destroy all the weapons used in battle. Mm. Why? Because he came to bring peace. His, one of his titles is Prince of Peace. Mm. And here you see your king will bring peace to the nations. But I think one thing that's important to connect here, uh, brother, is that he brings peace at the cross. Mm. Um, in other words, his punishment brings us peace. 
with God. And we cannot have peace with God if we have sin in our hearts. And so he came to bring peace, and the way he did it is by removing our sin. Isn't that right? That's right. You know, and in this verse, too, it says, at least in the ESV, it says, I will cut off uh, twice in this verse, uh, showing that he's the one uh, that was to be cut off. This is how he did it at the cross where he was cut off, where he was pierced. Um, You know, he was separated, uh, all to bring peace, uh, Mike, to the nations. And uh, that is just incredible. Uh, Again, it wasn't something that that we would have thought of. This was nothing that we could have imagined. Uh, This was uh, God demonstrating his love and showing us how he was going to save, how he was going to bring peace, how he was going to remove our sin. As you said earlier, the mountain or the the weight of sin uh, on Jesus Christ as he's carrying the cross up the hill the humility of Christ. I mean, when we look there, brother, when you were saying that earlier, saying that Jesus was weighted down when he was walking up the hill with the cross, you know, it did something to my heart to see that image. It did something to me, uh, brother, to, to see Christ. And that's what happens when we look there to the cross and we see all that Jesus did for us. It warms our heart. It melts our sin away. And, um, you know, it's just such a wonderful good news isn't it, brother? It is so. It is so amazing. Yes, he he came to carry our burdens. He came to bring peace. Um, I was just reading earlier in Ephesians chapter two, verse fourteen, where it says, "For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility." Well, how did he do that? It says, verse fifteen, by setting aside in his flesh, the law with its commandments and regulations. In other words, when he died on the cross, the law died with him. Uh, The law was that dividing wall of hostility where the Jews could say, we at least keep God's commandments. We are holy and righteous. And you Gentile dogs, you are just living in the lust of your flesh, following the prince of the power of the air. We have God's commandments. Well, Jesus came to make peace between the two, and the way he did that is by dying. And in his flesh, the law with its commandments were set aside. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Uh, so, Eric, when we're looking at Zechariah 9, and what we're seeing is is that Jesus came in riding on a donkey to make peace between nations, we have to connect that to the cross, uh, because it was at the cross where he made peace between all people. First of all, he made peace between us and God by destroying our sin. And then he made peace between all people by removing any barriers right there at the cross that would prevent us from latching arms with brothers all around the world. And here we are, brother, we are one body under the cross. We are, here we are kneeling together under the banner of the cross. We are all one, black, white, Jew, Gentile, male, female. We are all one and we have complete peace amongst each other. Why? Why is this, brother? Why do we have such peace 
among all who believe. Hmm. You know, that's just so wonderful, brother. I just love the way you spoke about it. And the reason that we have peace is because uh, he took all of our sin. He took our flesh, our flesh, the putting off of all of our flesh, uh, the, the flesh that is full of evil, the heart that was once full of evil, uh, the heart that, uh, you know, decides or, or tries to divide us one from another. Uh, the cross is the place of unity because it puts our flesh to death in Christ's body. And it brings unity and it brings love and it brings new desires from our new hearts, our new heart. And it brings unity. Uh, that's what the cross does. The cross draws us like a magnet to Christ, the one who loved us and laid down his life for us. And, you know, it's so interesting and and awesome to look at every verse and connect it with the cross because we learn more and more and more what really happened there, not just for salvation, but for our sanctification and, and to change us uh, from darkness into light and to conform us into the image of Christ on the inside, brother, without hands. Uh, it's a work of Christ inside of us that changes us completely. Uh, we're not the same person that we used to be. We're a new creation, brother, where we, we love everybody, just like Jesus loved everybody and stretched out his arms to prove it on the cross. And, and that destroys the hostility that we once had. It destroys all racism and everything. It's, there's no, neither Jew nor Gentile at the cross, nor male nor female. We're all one in Christ. And it is a beautiful cross, although it's also terrible to see what Jesus went through uh, when he was carrying our sin there but it it changes us forever and it is beautiful it it is indeed you know if you look at the world there is nothing but animosity and hostility you look look at our world today eric we have uh, age hostility old versus young young versus old we have race hostility we have gender hostility we have nation hostility um, it's it's always somebody pitted against somebody else. But brother, when we come to the foot of the cross and we just kneel together and we look up, as you were saying so well, something happens to our hearts um, where we are absolutely crushed. He who falls on this rock will be crushed it says in Matthew. And what, we're, what happens is our old heart of hostility, our old heart that had animosity in it, that had this bitterness of sin, that had this venom running through it, that heart is crushed. And you know what, Eric? It's crushed by love. Um, I, I think about Jesus. What he was really doing on the cross was pouring out his love onto us as he himself in essence you know took hold of that soldier's sword and jabbed it in his heart he in, a, in other words he laid down his own life he was pouring out his love for us and we don't deserve it brother we are unworthy of his love and yet he laid down his life for us while we were still sinners christ died for us why because of the passion in his heart to to pour out his life for us and that if you really look at that happening it will crush you 
and and then it will heal you because you realize you know what i'm loved <laughs> no really me the one who had such hostility and animosity and such anger in my heart i'm loved with an everlasting love and what it does is it just brings peace uh, i can love anybody and everybody because now I've been loved. And so all I'm doing is out of the overflow of what I'm receiving at the cross, I'm giving to other people. And this is how he brings peace. And so the first thing it says, other than the way that he would ride in on a donkey, is that he would bring peace. Now, Eric, you know that this peace must be connected to the blood he shed on the cross. And so look at verse 11 there in Zechariah chapter 9. Amen. Verse 11 says, As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. <laughs> Brother, this is just incredible. And, and like you said, the cross must be connected here, and it obviously is. The blood, where is the blood of the covenant at? It is at the cross. And what is it going to do? It's going to bring peace to the nations, but it's also going to set prisoners free, brother, from the waterless pit. And we've experienced that uh, for many years, haven't we? Prisoners of sin, uh, slaves being in a waterless pit, never having our thirst quenched, being down in the darkness in that deep, deep pit, uh, hopeless, brother. But here we see that it sets prisoners free. And it frees us from our waterless pit. In other words, we see where the cross quenches our thirst, where we're filled with the Spirit. And like you were saying earlier, we're poured into, and then we begin to pour out. Uh, we were once a waterless pit, and now we're filled up with the rivers of living water, and then we pour back out. And so if anyone's listening to us uh, today, this is the hope for you. It uh, doesn't matter how much you've sinned or how long, this hope and this love that Jesus shed his blood on the tree is for you. He wants to set you free from your prison of sin and from the waterless pit. And where did he do that? Through the blood of my covenant, where Jesus spilled out his blood and loved you right out of your sin. He loved you right out of your sin. That's amazing. That's the best news ever. Uh, Eric, he didn't come to you and say, hey, you stop doing that now or you'll die. Now, that's the old covenant, right? That's, we have to here distinguish for just a minute between the old and the new covenant. The old covenant says be perfect or die. It's, <laughs> it says live holy or you'll, die in, you'll, be, you'll perish in hell. The new covenant says, and by the way, the new covenant was made between God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. And this covenant said, the, the Son said, I will give my life and shed my blood to forgive anyone who puts faith in me. God the Father and God the Son made this covenant before time began. And in time, Christ came walked up Calvary's hill with a cross on his back, died on that cross, having been pierced for our transgressions, having been punished for our peace. He died on that cross, and now 
All that remains is for you to hear this message and to believe it. And as that happens, you will be free from your prison of the waterless pit. Your guilt will be removed. Your shame will be removed. You will be set free from the power of sin. And all because of the the covenant that God the Father and God the Son made in eternity past, where God says, I love the world and will give my son. The son says, I love these people and will give my life. And as he does so, freedom comes. And so we've talked about this uh, today, Eric, peace that comes through the cross, freedom that comes through the cross. And what remains is in verse 12, there's an invitation. Return, come, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I'll restore twice as much to you. And wow, just take a minute, brother, and let's just unpack this for for, uh, people listening. The first part says, return to your fortress. Now, it's possible that you've been out uh, getting bloody in the battle. Uh, You've been shot through with the arrows of lust. You have been attacked by the evil one. You're being oppressed because you're out naked on the battlefield. And so the invitation comes to you today, return to your fortress. Uh, Reminds me of Jesus saying, come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Return to your fortress, a place where you can be protected, where you are shielded from the enemy, where the fiery darts cannot get into you. Come, come back, return to your fortress. Uh, and, and what does the rest of this verse say to you? Well, this fortress uh, at the cross uh, does bring hope to the prisoner, doesn't it, brother? Return to this cross. Return to the stronghold. Return to where you're going to be anchored, where you're going to be loved, where you're going to find peace. Um, uh, The place that sets prisoners free. This is the place of hope, brother. Uh, And today I will declare he will restore to you double. I mean, he will restore to you more than you ever thought. Uh, you know, some people think that it's just uh, they need some form of recovery, but this is to return. Uh, this is to set the prisoner free. This is to uh, where you die with Christ and you raise up a new creation. You, you raise up more than you ever thought would happen, brother, more than you ever thought would happen in your life. And we hear that all the time with students coming to setting captives free where they can't really see how much the cross did for them or what the expectation of the cross is going to do to them in their life. And what it does, Mike, it changes every aspect of their life that they ever thought. Uh, They never knew that it would be so thorough. The cross would be so thorough in their own life and it would be a blessing uh, that would change their entire life and they would never be the same. Uh, what hope is this, brother? What love is this that God would love us so much and, and send his son demonstrating his love uh, on, on Calvary's cross? Yes, it's, all, it's almost as if he were saying here that I will give you two blessings for each trouble you've ever had. Uh, and that's because Jesus bore our sorrows. He carried our troubles. He took our pain. 
He suffered under the penalty of our sin. Um, and, and so what, what did he do that for? He did that to purchase the blessing of God for you. Uh, so that he, in essence, is restoring the years the locusts have eaten your crops. He's giving you double blessing for all the sin that you've given him. And this is just who he is, brother. And what does this do? It makes us prisoners of hope. Now, I used to be a prisoner of lust. I used to be a prisoner of, uh, of so many things, overeating, a prisoner of pride, you know, just following my own thoughts, thinking I knew something. Uh, I was a prisoner of my own mind, a, a, a prisoner of, of wanting to exalt myself. Um, and now what's happened is he's made me a prisoner of hope. Uh, hope has taken me captive. Um, why? Not based on anything that I would do, but based upon his finished work on the cross. Um, I have complete hope that that work on the cross that he did completely removed all sin. It completely made me right with God. It completely removed God's wrath. It restored me to fellowship with God. It, it, you see, all these things fill you with hope. Um, you know, Eric, one of the reasons why people sin is they have no hope. Yeah. Uh, they are just saying, you know, hey, um, Let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I die. Uh, you know, it's a hopeless, depressed condition that draws and drags us into sin. But when you turn and look at the cross, if you look at what's happening there, I mean, really, if you look at what is transpiring, the transaction, the great exchange that is happening, where Christ is being made sin for you, where you're being made righteous in him, if you really look at that, you begin to have true hope. And, and actually that hope will take you captive and make you its prisoner. Mm. And this is the good news of the cross of Jesus Christ. Well, Eric, we've seen today in Zechariah chapter 9 that Jesus would come on a donkey. Of course, we know from history that that is what he rode into Jerusalem on, is a donkey. We've seen the reason why he came, and that is to shed his blood and to free the prisoners of, from their waterless pit. I love how you talked about the fact that we now have rivers of living water flowing through us. We're not a waterless pit anymore. Uh, and to set us free and to give us peace. And this is the everlasting gospel, isn't it? Yes, it sure is. And this, uh, you know, I, like you, I had no hope, but this is the hope that sets us free. Uh, I never thought that the gospel was for me, brother. Um, as you said just moments ago, I thought that my life was just going to be uh, this waterless pit and walking in this darkness. Uh, but God has uh, uh, set this plan in motion uh, for those listening, uh, for us, and for anybody who will look to the cross and believe the message uh, will receive um, We'll see Jesus removing their sin, placing on himself and putting it to death. So your sin has died with Christ. It's no longer yours to hold on to because you're going to be clothed at the cross in righteousness. What hope that is for prisoners. And like you said, brother, we become captive to Christ, uh, no longer captive to our old master that, for, that 
uh, told us to go and sin and how much fun it was and left us empty. But this is what fills us up. Uh, this is the message we need to hear over and over for our hope. And it is just an amazing thing, like you said, that how the cross of Jesus Christ will restore the years uh, that the locusts have eaten. And so what a joy it is, brother, to share in the gospel with you today. It is a tremendous joy. Well, brother, if you would uh, think about somebody right now who has no peace. Mm. Uh, think about somebody who is not free. Uh, think about somebody who is feeling like their life is a waterless pit, that they have no hope. And if you would, just pray for them right now and call them to, to come and look at the cross where all that can be changed. Mm. Father, we are so grateful that we have the privilege of doing this podcast and looking at the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, once Mike and I uh, were separated, we lived in a waterless pit. Uh, we were prisoners of sin. And Lord, we know that somebody listening maybe uh, doesn't have hope. Uh, maybe they think like Mike and I used to, where there was no hope for us. Uh, we weren't believing that the message of the cross was powerful enough to reach us. But Lord, that's false. So I'm praying today for at least one heart that someone looking at the cross can see Jesus removing their sin and shame, removing their guilt as Jesus stepped in there and hung there for them and became as though he was guilty for their sin. He removed it all and then crushed it in his own flesh. And so, Lord, would you uh, please allow them to see this cross that way and believe the message is for them. Uh, believe that the cross is drawing them, drawing them out of the waterless pit, uh, setting them free and establishing hope right there in their heart as the gospel cuts the heart and heals us. And so, Lord, we, we pray for those listening uh, that they would just look by faith at the cross and believe the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.